Jake Nicholas has looked over this birdie opportunity from about 18 feet. This is for sole possession of the lead. Welcome to KWSN.com Cabin. I'm John Gaskins with Craig Maddock. It's 70 degrees in here. A little dark because I like to turn the lights down low. The Masters would have started today. The Azaleas blooming at Augusta National Golf Club. But instead, we don't get the Masters until November. But we can stroll down memory lane if we can't drive down Magnolia Lane. Let's go out to the undisclosed location where Craig Maddock is and welcome in my partner, Craig Maddock. Hi, Craig. What's going on over there? How come they're not mowing the lawns right now? What's going on? That's because nobody's around in Augusta. But I'm sure glad that they're going to do this in November. Um, I heard a lot of a lot of reports today in some of the sports talk shows yesterday and today asking players what they think the course is going to be like uh, come November. And I know that Jack Nicholas talked a lot about that today with uh, Dan Patrick. But either way, I'm, I'm just glad they're not canceling it. Yeah, move it to the fall. Um, I think... Golf may be one of the first ones, though, to get back at it. Would you agree? I think golf may be one of the first ones to get back into the swing of things um, once all is uh, said and ready to go. Uh, the PGA pretty much said that, that uh, they're kind of going to revamp their schedule, and I don't have it in front of me, but I think they're going to try to get it cranking, if not July, maybe even June, and they think they can do it because they, they... moved the U.S. Open to uh, September, uh, third mm-hmm. week in September, mm-hmm. I think. But the uh, the actual tour and some of the tour stops on the PGA might be uh, early to mid-summer, and, you know, I, I feel that way. I feel about that the same way I feel about all sports. If it is safe, you know, if everybody involved is t- tested positive... Golf, of course, is a socially distant sport where yeah, usually you're six feet away from everybody, except player and caddy are close to each other a lot. And uh, naturally, a time or two in a round, you're going to walk behind or near one of your competitors. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not thrilled. the first ones to start. I think they will. Yeah, it feels like they will, and that's fine. You know, travel to, from place to place and stop to stop. It's not like the NBA where... They're going to, or even Major League Baseball, where they're going to try to put all this in, in kind of one spot, and nobody leaves, and everybody's quarantined. And you know, I go back to what Seth Everett said. He, your perspective partly depends on where you live. We're in South Dakota, we, where we don't exactly see uh, a swath of examples uh, to, to make us nearly as concerned as you would be, like our sports with friends podcaster. 
and baseball broadcaster Seth Everett, who lives in New Jersey and works in New York City, and uh, you know he's not going on his Central Park walks anymore because they've turned that into a hospital over there. Uh, and he doesn't think it, it, it's a good move for any of sports to do anything anytime soon. But so we're all just kind of waiting. But yeah, we would have had the Masters today. I'm with you. Uh, it's, it felt weird when I heard it, and then I thought, well, why not? Why not the Masters in November? It's better than no Masters at all. Better late than never. And so we're all doing things throughout this time on our shows to entertain, to give people whatever sports fix they'd like. We, we mix in hot topics with, with enjoyable guests and uh, stories and fun. You know, we'll have another old guy trivia tomorrow here on Craig and John with, uh, with a new opponent to, to square off with Craig. Craig is 0-1. And you know, meanwhile, Dan Patrick, you know, he's, he brought in Hank Aaron 46 years after home run number 715 to pass Babe Ruth yesterday. And today he brought in Jack Nicholas, and he talked to the Golden Bear, who sounds very lucid at age 80. He just turned 80 uh, back in January. And, of course, we've seen Jack twice in Sioux Falls now for the Sanford International on the Champions Tour. And so we picked out some of the best stuff Jack had to say, and that includes... Uh, his thoughts on what Augusta and the Masters will look like, assuming it will be played in November, as soon as we can get the dramatic music uh, out of our out of our sound. Here's Jack Nicholas. Uh, I think he'll play all right. I think the, the fairways will be the question. Uh, I don't know what they'll do. I don't know whether they'll oversee them early or wait until after the tournament to oversee them because uh, uh, the Bermuda fairways would play beautifully in November. Uh, the uh, the greens will be fine. There won't be any problem with the greens. Obviously, you won't have the color throughout the, out the course. Uh, but if they can get the fairways good, I think the golfers will play fine. They're going to have uh, shorter days. Uh, there's a lot more daylight in April than there is in November. Uh, so the, the, the sun will be a little bit of a different uh, problem. Um, probably probably November, not that much wind. Uh, you know, I, I think they'll have a good tournament. I don't think they probably I'm, I'm delighted that they're going to have it. I didn't think they'd be able to get it in. I thought with all the other tournaments and all the other commitments that, that the tour has that, to put it together it was uh, tough. You know, they put, they're putting all the major tournaments in, in except, you know, the British Open canceled. But it's, uh, I think it's great that they're going ahead and uh, getting the Masters in. In normal time. And that was Jack Nicholas with Dan Patrick earlier today, right here on KWSN. It's Craig and John, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. Today is the 48th anniversary of Jack Nicholas winning a green jacket in 1972, the fourth of his six. He also followed in 75, but he even admitted, of course, 86 is the one he gets asked about the most and people remember the most because he was 46 years old, basically in semi-retirement and not playing well. And in fact, one columnist in Atlanta near Augusta, Georgia, where they play the Masters had literally written him off and said that Jack Nicholas's clubs are rusty and his, his, chance, his winning majors is done. Then he went out and did it. So he takes us back to 1986 with Dan Patrick. But 86 is the one where I wasn't supposed to win and nobody expected me to win, including me. Uh, and uh, I found lightning in a bottle and it, and it worked. But also when you go out and you just post a score and then you're waiting, because normally you're usually in that final twosome, you know, the difference between actually being out there competing with somebody or waiting to see what happens, how agonizing was that for you? Well, you know, I think that uh, when we started the day, I was four shots back and I had eight players in front of me. 
And I thought that was reasonable. And uh, uh, my son Steve had called me in the morning and he said, uh, what do you think, Pops? And I said, well, Steve, I think, I, I think 66 will tie it, 65 will win. He says, exact score I have in mind, go shoot it. So I had a you know sort of a, a little bit of a feel. And, of course, Jackie was on the bag. And uh, uh, we... Uh, uh, we got going. We didn't get a very good start, and uh, we were sort of just even through eight holes. Then I birdied the ninth hole, and then birdied ten, birdied eleven. You know, sort of got a little enthusiasm. Then I bogeyed twelve, but then the turn around, birdied thirteen. Of course, then I eagled fifteen, birdied sixteen, and birdied seventeen. And that's when I got into the lead of the tournament. So once I got into the lead of the tournament, I finished, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, it looks like I've got a shot to win. I went into the uh, uh, Jones cabin. And I uh, sat there and uh, was sitting on a couch and watching, I uh, watched Tom Kite miss his putt at the last hole. And then I watched uh, Seve, or not Seve, uh, uh, Seve had already passed because he hit at the water at 15. But, but Greg Norman yeah. started to birdie, uh, you know, he made, made, I think, like four or five birdies in a row. And I'm sitting on the couch and I said, eh, he's making too many birdies with me sitting here. So I got up and walked around behind the couch, stood up and watched the last two holes, birdie 17. I said, whoops. I'm going to stay here, though. And it, but, you know, you know, you, there's nothing you can do about it. All you're sitting there doing is watching. And uh, that's not usually been my uh, my mode. My mode is, you're right, being in one of the last couple of groups and uh, um, playing for it right down to the end. But this time I was sitting there watching the last few groups. And uh, uh, I'll tell you, that's a little harder. What did you say from 1986 Masters? What did I want from it? Save. Save. Like clubs, you know, you, uh, I, your plaid pants. Well, you know, oddly enough, the only I have every single golf club that I ever won a major with except one. And you can guess what that is. That's that big putter. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know where it is. I think it's sitting in uh, uh, Billy Scanlon, the tennis player's uh, living room at home. I think I gave it to him one time to play, and I think it stayed in his bag. And, and uh but I know I got every other club that I ever played with, and that's the one I'm missing. So I'm missing that. I have the clubs. Uh, but from, from from that tournament, you know, I, I realized that, uh, uh, you know, if you put your mind to something and uh, uh, you're, you're, you're re- I was relatively well prepared for the tournament, even though I was not in, in, the, in the peak of my game. Uh, and all of a sudden I got to the last nine holes and I remembered how to play. And I remembered what it took to finish a golf tournament. And when you do that, that is so much fun. Because all of a sudden I'm saying, okay, I got to do this. I got to do that. I, got, I can't do this. I can't do that. Uh, my abilities allow me to do this. My abilities won't allow me to do this. You know, and all of a sudden I, it all came together and I, and I finished the tournament. And that, that was what I, what I came away with is that, you know, I can still do something uh, uh, if you really put your mind to it. But did you know you had lost that to then have to remember to get it back? Well, I think I think everybody loses it. I mean, if you, if you I know you know that your skills start to erode as you get into a certain age. And I was having more fun watching my kids play football and basketball and and, and whatever. And uh, uh, so I wasn't working as hard at it, but uh, the skills were there. They were just hidden. And so I had to go find them, and uh, I really wasn't worried about pulling them out until all of a sudden I got myself in contention, and I needed to, and I did. So that was that was really very rewarding wow. for me.
is still just amazing. Oh, I, I must have great. watched. Uh, I, they, there's a there's an hour long highlight special of the '86 Masters. Augusta produces those things every year. And when I was in my teens and golfing a lot and on the high school golf team, especially when the Masters rolled around, I must have watched the '86 Masters tape 50 times. Oh, Pat Summerall did the narration. And every time it was still just breathtaking uh, as he kept birdieing and then he eagled 15. And and you know, I thought about this after Tiger won last year. I think Tiger coming back at 43 after being, not being able to walk and all the drama that it, it had, having said he's not going to play again one time uh, I, I, and the way he won it, it was a charge. And it was cool, and it and it's an overcoming obstacle story. And I, at the time, said that's the best master. This is masters, at least the best story. It's topped it all. But I still think the best, most exciting was was Jack going down the stretch. Although Dan mentioned it, Jack had to still sit and wait for the others to play. It, you know, yep. it didn't, didn't come down to the last shot like Tiger's did, uh, when you absolutely knew Tiger was going to win or lose or tie on every shot the last few holes. Um, but it was interesting to watch the other best players in the world in their prime at the time. I mean, some of the best players on the planet were playing behind Jack, and once he went up the leaderboard and once they heard those roars all around Augusta, they all had their own choke jobs. Seve, Greg Norman, Tom Kite, Tom Watson. I mean, they all just kind of fell to their knees because their palms were so sweaty, and oh my gosh, Jack Nicholas just, you know, shot a 65 at 46 when nobody saw it coming, and now I've got a post to score to tie Jack Nicholas, and none of them could. It was pretty incredible. Great stories today. And, yeah. and he, he was asked by Dan today about, like, it was the 12th hole, all the memories that he yeah. had about the 12th hole. And he, he went back to, I forget what year. It might, might have been his first year. Yeah. Yeah. And he's talking about the guy that he was playing with and the guy that shot and, and what kind of a shot it was. I mean, uh, I love hearing guys who have those kind of memories of when they go back and they can tell you every little thing. Of what was going on, and it was it was fascinating today. Mm-hmm. Well, we might have to play some of that again at a quarter to six, and also hear him telling about playing golf with just about every president since Eisenhower. <laughs> who's the best golfer? Who cheats? Uh, who takes it seriously? Who's the most fun? It was really cool stuff from Jack with Ju- with not Jim Nance, but with Dan Patrick today. And so we'll uh, have a little more of that for you in an hour. In the meanwhile. A compelling story a few hours away, the Wolves family feud, Glenn Taylor, Kevin Garnett. Who should really be to blame for all this, and is there a chance that they'll be reunited someday? Michael Rand, who's the Wolves editor for the Star Tribune, the Randball columnist, next on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com. Get the latest local sports news, scores, schedules, and columns from John Gaskins by going to KWSN.com. Also hear the station live and Craig and John segments on demand at KWSN.com. Sports Talk with Craig and John brought to you by Dustex. Dustex customizes entry mats. Dustex. We play clean.com. Are you, what are you doing to kind of keep your mind Going. Oh, I'm I'm calling uh, Dan Patrick <laughs> I know I had to tell you, Jack, not today. Call me tomorrow. Here, let's let's do it on well, the I, anniversary. I can do I can do that again. You know, I mean, I'm not doing anything else. I'm telling you, I just I'm sitting here. I think I've watched Caddyshack about four times and Stripes a couple of times, and you know. 
Hear that, Craig? Jack Nicholas, like the rest of us, just watches Caddyshack over and over and over again whenever he gets he's the chance. He's a good man. Yeah. He's a good man. Uh, you know, you don't figure Jack Nicholas greatest golf forever. He seems kind of, you know, he seems like an everyman to a degree. Like, he'd be fun to have beers with. He tells a story well. We're about to hear one in a moment, but I didn't fancy him a Caddyshack fan. I want a hamburger. No, a cheeseburger. I want a hot dog. I want a milkshake. I want potatoes. You'll get nothing and like him. So, he loves Caddyshack. He loves Stripes with Bill Murray. Uh, Sports Talk with Craig and John. Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com. We had a fun chat with Paul Allen, voice of the Vikings. Some serious, some quarantine and coronavirus-related stuff. A fundraiser Adam Thielen's doing up there. Plus, his thoughts on the draft. A lot of them. Go to KWSN.com, the Marv's Body Shop podcast page. Meanwhile, here's more from Jack Nichols on the Dan Patrick Show on what would have been the opening round of the Masters today. Uh, He had great stories about his 86 victory at 46 years old. We played in the 4 o'clock hour, and uh, he said he has played golf with several presidents, almost played with Eisenhower, but that was called off. Gerald Ford, Bill Clinton, a lot of rounds with Clinton, none with Obama, a few with H.W. Bush, but none with George Bush, you know, the president from this dead millennium. He has played a lot of golf with Trump, and Dan Patrick asked him these exact words. What? Who is the best president you've played golf with? Uh, well, they're all good presidents. I mean, they're <laughs> golfers. As <laughs> golfer. <laughs> The, uh, <laughs> I think I think I think Trump's the best player. Okay, All right. Trump, Trump hits the ball quite nicely. He's uh, he's pretty long. He's got a nice golf swing. Uh, he doesn't. He plays golf much the way I do now. He doesn't really care about a score. He goes out and hits the ball. If he hits it out of play, he says, "Okay, just give me another one." <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, he doesn't hold up play. He plays fast. He he just he wants to have fun. Uh, much like H W. He he was not a uh, a, a scorer either. He just tried to. He wanted to play around the golf course. I understand that uh, uh, young George is uh, uh, a single-digit player and is a pretty good player now. Oh, uh, but uh, uh, he's. Uh, we haven't been able to put together. Clinton could have been a good player. He has a nice golf swing. Uh, you know, I just. I, I don't think he ever. Uh, he was. He was one who just. You know, took so many mulligans that he never. <laughs> <tried to> <laughs> Which is all right. You know, that was the way he played. He had fun, and so. Uh, and but Jerry Jerry Ford was a very serious golfer. He, uh, <laughs> he 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 was he was about a thirteen, and he played with thirteen. He shoot eighty four, eighty five, and uh, he uh, he grind, He was a grinder. So Nicholas, you know, remember Gerald Ford was famous uh, for hitting a bunch of spectators whenever he played golf uh, in front of a crowd. So that was Jack Nicholas earlier today from the Dan Patrick Show. That was a treat. And uh, we leave the show today, Harry Carey, a story about the legendary Cubs announcer from his legendary partner, Steve Stone. Take it away, Stouty. Ask Mandy Cohen, who was in our booth, later became a producer, for every day you have root beer. Every day, she said, Harry, we don't have root beer. Finally, I told Mandy, give him Diet Pepsi or Coke, whatever you have up there, because he's got no taste buds. They've been long dead with all of the alcohol he's consumed. So she would go up and get him a a diet, whatever. Well, this one day, uh, and Harry, by the way, never went to the bathroom, ever. When the game started till the game ended, it could be five hours, it could be 15, 18 innings, it didn't matter. He never went to the bathroom. He must have had a bladder like a camel. I have no idea how he did it. He told me, well, I practice. I don't know how he practiced, but okay. So anyway, 
Mandy, Mandy, can I get some root beer? Yes. So she leaves the booth. I'm writing up my lineup, and I hear this blood-curdling scream, and Harry is standing next to me, jumping up and down, because he has gotten his little appendage stuck in his zipper. He apparently had he apparently had left it down when he left the washroom, and now when he went to zip it up, he got stuck. A problem that a lot of us folks have experienced in our lives, but doesn't make it any less uncomfortable for him and any less funny for me. He was bouncing up and down, screaming, going, whoa! I said, Harry, you gotta sit down. People can see you on both sides of the booth. He goes, no, I'm stuck. I said, oh, I know you are. But he says, well, I can't, I, I can't get it out. I said, Harry, you gotta do something. And he's, I'm telling you, he's beet red. The sweat is pouring down his face. And I look over to him, finally I look up there and there's Mandy coming in the booth. I said, you better yank that little sucker out of there because Mandy's coming back in the booth. So I hear this, <laughs> he sits down, crosses his legs, must have been bleeding for three innings. It was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. My head was down on my score pad. I was just, the tears were streaming down my face. It was literally the single funniest moment I ever had with Harry in the booth. There you go, Craig. You learned a little bit more about Harry Carey today. Boy. I I wonder when he got it caught. Did, did he yell, it could be, it might be, it is stuck. Maybe. That was a signature call, you know. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've had some fun today. Oh, sports memorabilia. A couple of people passed along. We asked sports memorabilia you'd love to own. Pete Rose's wager sheet was a great one from today. I liked that. Oh, which one? <laughs> I know. And Kurt Schilling's uh, sock that he put ketchup on that we thought was blood. Uh, podcaster at KWSN.com. For Craig, I'm John. We're back from 3 to 6 tomorrow. Say goodnight, Craig. Good night, Craig. Survive Dave and